Our speaker today is Ryan Selkis, co-founder and CEO of Masari, a crypto data analytics tooling and research platform with a mission to promote transparency, rebuild trust, and power smarter and safer decisions in the space. Ryan is a father of five, four human children, and one startup. He's a vocal crypto missionary, passionate about the need for thoughtful regulation and better disclosure practices. Fun fact, Ryan has interviewed three presidential candidates in the last three years. In his bold and provocative talk, he tells us to send more mean tweets. Here's why. All right, we're going to start with something a little bit different. I want everybody to take out their phones. Everybody. You've been looking at them for a lot of the other presentations. Just take them out. Take them out. And I want eyes right down on your phone. Open up Twitter. How many people are on Twitter? I know we're in Singapore, so maybe not that many. Show of hands, how many people are on Twitter? All right, not a bad presentation. Okay, so I want you to go to Twitter, if you can, indulge me. I want you to look up at 2BitIdiot, all spelled out. Don't use the number two, T-W-O-B-I-T-I-D-I-O-T. I want you to pull that up, and I'm going to take a picture with you beautiful people. Uh-oh. There we go. A little bit of a selfie here. Starting out a little bit different. And there we go. I would like you, if you'll indulge me, to reply to my tweet with your meanest tweet over the course of this presentation. So if you don't like something, I want to hear the criticism in real time. I'm going to go back. I'm going to review them. That's how I'm going to get better. And this is an important starting point because this is how I've got 300,000 followers on Twitter. I've got about 300,000 newsletter subscribers. I've been doing this for 10 years this week, I've been on Twitter sending mean tweets. This is me, this is my South Park avatar. And this isn't a hack to win some social media impressions game. It's not about becoming, certainly not about a popularity contest, becoming the most popular guy in the room. But it is about mixing it up occasionally online for your benefits and building a brand, an audience, and maybe just maybe a network of like-minded allies. Now, I can tell you my gruff online persona has helped me invest in 100 startups. It helps me uh, build three companies, recruit hundreds of employees for those startups. And uh, before you call me crazy, I'm actually going to give you this 10-step process for uh, mean tweeting successfully. Uh, number one is get a pseudonym, right? Mine is 2-bit idiot. It's worked over the years. I know what you're thinking. It's, this sounds dangerous to mean tweet someone that I've never met before, even though he's invited me to. And you can make it a little bit less dangerous if you do this under a pseudonym. Uh, my uh, early 2-bit idiot handle is largely an accident of history. Because uh, as you can imagine, of course, I'm in crypto, right? Um, but uh, I first got exposed to Bitcoin in 2013. And back then, I didn't know anything about payments. I didn't know anything about tech. I'm not a developer. I didn't go uh, get a computer science degree in undergrad. Um, and the Bitcoin community itself was uh, pretty tiny. There weren't many places to learn outside of Reddit and Twitter. Uh, and I was very often afraid to chime in with questions, you know, lest I expose myself as a novice and maybe get myself on a government watch list too late. Um, but I did what uh, Bitcoin's founder, Satoshi Nakamoto, did, and I created this avatar. And I found something pretty interesting really quickly. The things that I was posting under this pseudonym were more authentic than the things I was posting under my real name in real life. So uh, number one, get a pseudonym. Give a man a mask, he's going to tell you the truth. Um, step two, 
I want you to embrace your inner, inner idiot here. Um, I, uh, I was uh, not really afraid to say dumb things online because uh, I was kind of ready to mix it up, debate people. And um, I wasn't really thinking about my personal brand. I expected to be out of my depth. I expected to be frequently corrected online. And um, I was, fortunately I was right. I was very frequently wrong, embarrassingly wrong, uh, a lot in those early days. But I also found that the louder and prouder I was, while I was being wrong, the faster I was learning. And there's actually even a name for this called Cunningham's Law. Anyone ever heard of this? The fastest way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question, it's to say something that's incorrect. So I challenged myself to write, you know, 10 witty comments on Reddit or Twitter every day, a blog post every day. And in the process, I learned that every single time I would write a blog post and publish it and get that feedback, I'd get two new ideas. So I was learning at a very accelerated rate. Uh, step three, worst thing that you can do online is post and get zero likes, zero impressions, zero interactions, zero feedback. You're basically just shouting into the void. So when you're anonymous and no one knows who you really are and you're first getting out and developing this following, it helps to be a reply guy. And I think a lot of people uh, probably don't want to go down this route professionally. That's why I'd recommend the pseudonym. But um, I would debate larger accounts I would be unapologetic about uh, getting in front of other early experts early and, and introducing them to my brilliant hot takes. And every once in a while, um, I would get blocked. Like I still am to this day by Jim Cramer from CM, uh, CNBC. Um, he, by the way, he was wrong about Bitcoin in 2013. He still is. But um, in the process of replying to Jim Cramer and getting blocked, I actually made a bunch of new friends within the Bitcoin community that agreed with me. So it was good from an alignment standpoint. And um, this kind of witty, snarky, unapologetic persona actually led me to getting paid. So positive reinforcement maybe for the wrong things. I became a critic and an opinion writer at Coindesk, the uh, industry's top news site. Um, and I would uh, have the privilege of actually getting to meet some of the people that I wrote about and that I was mixing it up online with. And I could grab a drink with them at a conference, roast them in person, and I was getting a byline and a paycheck. So it was great. And then one day, I accidentally broke the biggest story in Bitcoin's history at the time, the bankruptcy of Mt. Gox. Anyone ever heard of Mt. Gox? Japanese exchange lost about 700,000 customer Bitcoins. It was about 7% of the market at the time, $500 million uh, in losses. And as you can imagine, you know, as the whistleblower, as the person that blew the lid off this whole thing, I was instantly met with um, acclaim and thanks and people were high-fiving me at the next conference. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. I was uh, getting hate mail. I got doxxed. Um, I was uh, terrified because I was all alone. I didn't have any legal representation. I was just kind of a, a glorified blogger at the time. And um, in the process of going through this experience, uh, it was actually pretty helpful because I emerged my real and my uh, online identity and realized that I didn't, did uh, not ever want to become the main character in this industry. Uh, quite like I was for those couple of weeks um, when I had broken the Mt. Gox story. So instead, the last 10 years, I've strived to be an omniscient narrator instead. Number three, um, you want to assemble your online army. So over the, last, uh, over the next few years, I leveraged Twitter, like I said, to invest in hundreds of companies, recruit teammates, solicit customers. And I can tell you, there's no greater superpower in business than having a large account, and messaging someone that's been following you for a very long time. They feel like they know you. 
they understand your personality. Uh, in, in many cases, it's, uh, it's been the warmest source of referrals for business and, and has paid dividends across the board, whether you're talking about um, new businesses or occasionally deterring competitors from me tweeting you in return. Over time, I've been able to uh, use this communications platform to uh, ultimately create uh, and craft messages that have gone viral. Um, I think uh, any time that I have uh, posted something that has been a little bit brash, but that I knew was right and truthful in the time, uh, it's ended up doing very well and it's just gotten positive reinforcement and, and kind of helped further reinforce uh, my brand both positively and negatively. And when I say negatively, I mean it detracts the right people and it attracts the right people. The one thing I can recommend here is to find this voice that's gonna fit with uh, your team, with your persona, because uh, your PR team and your competitors' PR teams are never gonna be as brave as you are uh, if you're putting yourself out there. Um, number seven, uh, shoot high percentage shots. So as this following has grown over the years, I have uh, been much, much more restrained uh, and much more selective in my online battles. It's one thing to be early and right, contrary and right, um, but you obviously don't want to shoot all over the place and, and, and really pick your battles. The, uh, the number one thing uh, that I have learned is to pick maybe one battle at a time every six months and try to only do so when you're measuring victory or defeat in the course of months, not years, because you don't want to be on an island making crazy outlandish statements and ultimately not having them come true. I can say all this because you know, one through seven has paid off, mostly because of step eight, which is I have another superpower. I delete all my tweets after a certain amount of time. Uh, so being early and right is a powerful thing, but for every correct call that I've made over time, there's at least one uh, dumb take that, believe it or not, has not really aged that well. So uh, while anything on the internet can be screenshotted and live on for eternity, it doesn't mean you should make it any easier for your opponents to dunk on you. We're in the arena ultimately to win, not to be right. Uh, step number nine, leverage your social capital. So uh, these have made me a better communicator. They've helped me bootstrap my startups marketing. Uh, but most importantly, they've also helped me elevate other rising stars on our team. Uh, one of the analysts that we had early on, really hardworking kid, went from eight to 60,000 followers in the couple of years that he worked for us. That's eight not 8,000 in the course of two years. So being able to amplify and magnify um, to a tribe that you've developed over a long period of time can help lift people up as well on your team. And step number 10, uh, don't die. I actually didn't want to do this presentation when my team brought it to me because I thought it was a jinx. And um, I'm always on the edge of catastrophe and getting canceled, as you can imagine, as a prolific mean tweeter. Uh, and this is one of my favorites diagrams, uh, the very famous plane from World War II. So uh, step number 10, don't die. You're only as good as your last tweet. Don't get cocky and give presentations about mean tweeting in front of a group of people. And uh, at the end of the day, remember, your mileage may vary. But if this is a little bit helpful, I look forward to hearing and seeing your mean tweets when I get off the stage. Thank you very much.